morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the off-season edition of the Baby Bowl Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I'm one of your hosts, Wes Easley, at Loafing It over on Twitter. And I got the daddy of the Baby Bowl with me, teaching me all kinds of little tips and tricks here about best ball, about finding out about drafting ADPs, all kind of different things. It's Rob Norton at Norton0723 over there on Twitter as well. Hello, Robert. How are you doing, Wes? I'm doing fine. I sound a little bit hyper, don't I? A little bit, yeah, yeah. Got to bring in the energy. I don't know why. It's late at night here, and I have no <laughs> idea. We will see if that energy continues to exist throughout this podcast, where we are going to talk about ADPs over the, from the NFC website there over the last month, seeing how things have kind of changed a little bit. It's like the stock market for us here, whenever we like to draft people uh, in all these different kind of football drafts, the redrafts, leagues, all the all everything that we're going to be going into sometime soon. I want to keep an eye on this stuff, because you can see stock up, you can see stock down, according to some of the news. but you know, as we go into the season a little bit more, we're going to see these changes, Rob. But I think that if we keep our eye on it pretty close starting now or even in the past, and I know you you and I have talked about different draft positions in the past a little bit, uh, you can see who might be getting talked up a little bit too much and who were believing the smokes coming out of camp, you know, about players uh, as as draft day approaches. Yeah, definitely. It, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting time of the year. Um you know, it's getting. I think I heard the other day that it's less than uh, thirty days until until uh, full report. So, yeah, it's it's getting close, getting close. It is getting pretty close. We're also going to go over those. We're going to finish out with the fan graph stats that we were talking about last week, where we saw some little jewels. We were hunting some gold by uh, gold bags of gold there in teams from the. Uh, different stat cast data that we can look at from fan graphs. So we're going to do that a little bit. And Rob, I, I'm getting really excited because I know that the Baby Bowl is going to be coming up sometime soon. And that's kind of like what you and I have gotten together on over all these years. And one of the things that we really like to do about the Baby Bowl is to talk to all the different winners that we have going on out there. Uh, with the Baby Bowl. And, and I love doing that because we get to meet so many different interesting people. Last year, I think we had, what, 112, uh, 120, something like that or, or in the playoffs? Or am I, is that the regular season? I'm getting confused. I think I'm intertwining the two. I think it was playoffs that we got about 120 participants. And then I think in the regular season, it was 86, if I remember correctly, something somewhere around there. But so, yeah, I'm hoping to hoping to break 100 for the regular season um, and then, you know, approach that 150-plus mark uh, for for the uh, playoffs this year. So we'll, we'll see if we can get there. Oh, that'll be so much fun. I like having all the different people. We get to meet so many interesting folks. Yeah, We've definitely. had people on from all across not only the, the, the country here in the America, but <laughs> the United States, I guess, the continental country. I don't know. We, we've had people on from Hawaii. Have we ever had a, a like a London winner on or anything? We haven't had that yet, have we? I don't think we've had that yet, but we have. I think there is um, some London – there might be a few London guys in 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 the uh, baby bowl, so maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll take it overseas this year. I, I, I want to say one of our winners one time was overseas, and we just couldn't work out the timing schedulers. I want to say that maybe, maybe that was a dream. I don't know, Rob. You never know. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. I, I know there was a few times where we couldn't work things out with the winner, and so we had to move down the list a little bit. Um, but so it really, really is possible that we could have could have uh done that but yeah we had the hawaii hawaii guy juan on um uh, he was fun, he was fun to talk to so yeah i love I, I do love that aspect it's it's really cool to uh you know meet meet a different person generally each week uh um although obviously we've had a couple couple repeat winners which is which is nice to have a comeback on too so yeah. but still yeah it's it's really fun to meet the people every week and and see their backgrounds Hey, I, we talked about a best ball draft here not too long ago, and I questioned you about a lot of different things and about stacking and about uh, stack, you know, stacking your players a little bit, kind of treating it like a DFS-style thing, and then also keeping your eye on the end of the year because if you're in a championship week, if you look at how the scoring systems usually go, I think the regular season ends in like week 14 maybe in a lot of best ball drafts, especially in those uh, little high-dollar, $5, $3 contests on – uh, underdog or even on DraftKings nowadays, 
then then you go into move into into the tier in week 15, week 16, and the championship week is week 17. So we've tried to keep our eye on the prize of week 17 and look at the different schedules. And you and I talked about that a little bit, Rob. And and let me tell you, I, I did a best ball draft. And can I just tell you who I found really stackable in my best ball draft? I was drafting out of I want to say the two hole. I was drafting out of the two hole on this one, and I, I went ahead and picked Austin Eckler because. I did some other drafts, and I was like, you know what? If I'm drafting early in these drafts, I can get a Charger stack really, really easy. And I want to ask you, if I took a Austin Eckler in the first round, and then I went ahead and followed that up, I think with a Keenan Allen, I'm not sure if I took Justin Herbert in you know, the third uh, on, my, on my next turn there, number three or not, but I... I I ended up with a Herbert Allen and Eckler stack. That's a good one, right? I, I didn't take too many players, right? Yeah, I like that. I like that. I've always uh I've always been a huge Eckler fan. I've always been a big Keenan Allen guy. Um, and then obviously Herbert's an incredible quarterback and you know, he's gonna throw to both of those guys a ton. So yeah, that's a it's a that's a really nice stack. I think what ended up happening was I got Eckler and then I got Allen, and then I was like, oh boy, I gotta I, I want another running back. And Elliot was right there too. And I noticed that I could get Ezekiel Elliott and I compare him with Dak Prescott, you know, later on in the draft a little bit at the right spot. I didn't reach for him too hard, uh, too fast or anything. And then I paired him up with Dalton Schultz as well. Uh, who's one of my sleeper tight ends. I say sleeper tight end. I just think he finished top five. I think he has a good path to being able to do that this year. Yeah. Dalton Schultz. He, uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm big on Dalton Schultz, uh, with, uh, Mari Cooper gone. Uh, Schultz should be a huge part of that offense again. And he's shown the past two years that, um, he can be, uh, a guy that sees a lot of targets and, and get it done. So yeah, I like Schultz a lot actually. So I, I filled it up with two stacks like that, which I thought was pretty good getting, getting those two teams. Uh, we, we can see an explosive offense out of Dallas. The bad, I, I, then I, then I got suckered into a Chicago stack there, a little, a little mini stack. I ended up with Justin Fields, who I thought had his great upside this year, Darnell mm-hmm. Mooney. Uh, as well, and I, I I went with a Cole Komet on that one too. I ended up with three stacks in that one. I'm a dead man walking though because I think the Bears are are uh, probably uh, scheduled. I say scheduled. I, why? Why? I don't know why I always say scheduled. So by, by the pros, as one of the lowest scoring teams in the NFL. And I was like, I don't believe them. I'm going with my Bears, man. I'm going yeah. with my Bears. I don't blame you because Fields does have a lot of upside, especially the fact that he can run. Um, I actually do like Mooney and Komet both uh, where where they're going. So I don't I don't necessarily love a double stack with with uh, with Fields like we were talking about the last time when we we said I just don't know if he's going to have enough volume to really make the upside worth it. I think his upside like as himself comes from running. So, um, but it, it's it's very possible that both of those guys have very very good years and and her or uh, Fields has a great year and all three of them outperform their ADPs because they're not they're not uh, too expensive, any one of them really. So as long as they outperform ADPs and you have the other stacks go off too, that's the, that could be really nice. I was also thinking in that division, we got Detroit and we got Green Bay, who's not the greatest of defensive squads, uh, and we also got Minnesota, and I don't think either any of those teams have got great defense, and the Bears will be playing from behind an awfully lot this season, I do believe. Hey, I filled it in with a little bit of T. hit. Higgins, a little Adam Thielen, a little Russell Gage, a little Sammy Watkins from the Green Bay Packers, Jamison Crowder, Hamler. I got Hamler from Denver too. I don't. I'm, I'm hearing reports though. Tim Patrick is uh, Sutton's running mate right now. I, I, I'm not hearing great things about the connection between Russell Wilson and Jerry Judy uh, right now, Rob. Yeah, it's. It, it seems like Jerry Judy has kind of been falling off a little bit. Uh, most most podcasts I've listened to, most things I've read is uh, it's really more of Sutton and, and Tim Patrick are the guys and Hamler's a, a sleeper and Judy's kind of like, seems like he's falling out of favor. And it's funny too, because the only podcast that seems to really be hyping Judy from what I've listened to is um, the CBS podcast. Uh, they, they have some like underlying numbers that seem to think that it would very, very like that Judy would be the better fit with, with Russ, the routes that he runs. So um, yeah, it's, it, it's interesting because I think before Sutton was kind of Sutton and Judy were kind of like pickums and with the ADP they're 
really close. And I think Judy for a little while was ahead of Sutton. And now we're seeing Judy fall down, Sutton rise up, and they're getting to almost a, a round difference in ADP at this point. Yeah, that's 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 interesting development out there. I, I don't know that I want to buy into it too much yet, but uh, <laughs> I end up with Hamler as a, as a sleeper possibly in there. Uh, J.D. McKissick, Marlon Mack with Houston. I wish I would have had – I only have four running backs. I wish I would have took one less quarterback is what I wish I would have done. Uh, and that that's how I rounded out that team. I like that team, though, going into it. And then I realized, oh, I fell from my Chicago trap there. <laughs> and I was, I was kind of disappointed in that. But anyway, that's that, that was one of the best ball teams that I recently drafted as we talk about some of those things. Uh, also, some more news. Terry McLaurin ended up signing a three-year, $71 million contract extension with the Washington Commanders, Rob. I think that that's good news. Carson Wentz should be able to get that, the ball down the field a little bit more than maybe his past quarterbacks did recently. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like, I like, I've always liked McLaurin a lot, and I think uh, Carson Wentz, even though he you know, has the bad rap, but I, I do think it's an upgrade over, over. Um, I can't even think of the guy's name that was uh, the quarterback Haney? last year. Kilbert Heaney. Heaney. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I do. I do think it's an upgrade, and I do think it's going to help out McLaurin. And like you said, he signed that signed that deal, so he should be reporting and uh, getting going soon. Getting getting accustomed to the offense and the QB. Eric Ebron's gone in Pittsburgh, and that means. From Athletics' Mark Caboli, he speculates that Pat, Pat Fryermuth season high receiving yards of 58 in 2021. That's not right. The Athletics' Mark writes Pat Fryermuth season high receiving yards of 58 in 2021 with Eric Ebron on that number will go up. Where, where am I reading this from? This is this is June 28, 2022. This top, top ten. Pat Fryermuth is not not going to have a record-breaking year this year. Is he, Rob? Not, not, not with my guy Mitchell Trubisky back there at quarterback. Yeah, I'm. I'm I know a lot of people seem to really uh, like Frymuth a lot, but yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not really too in on him. Um, I do think, like, with the, uh, I'm torn on on the offense in general because Ben Roethlisberger last year was, you know, a shell of himself, but they also threw a lot, so. I don't. I think they're going to be a little bit more run heavy, and I also think that whether it's Trubisky or Pickett back there, both of those guys are going to be more prone to taking off and running than Roethlisberger was. So there'll be less checkdowns, which you know, checkdowns kind of are more to the running back, but also check down to the tight end a, a little bit too. So um, you could see those those kind of uh, things go down a little bit. And plus, yeah, they lost Juju, but they drafted George Pickens, and mm-hmm. so. I mean, I don't really see a big breakout year like a lot of people are thinking for Frymuth. No, and uh, what other reports I hear is Kenny Pickett is working exclusively with the third string team right now, the third string offense in OTAs and minicamp. So uh, maybe that's Mitchell Trubisky's team at least through mm-hmm. the first half of the season. Uh, Kirk Cousins describes the new uh, offense that he has as being a pass happy offense. A pass happy offense. Uh, pass happy. What does that mean? Does that mean that uh, it's going to be Jefferson up there in the top five? And we're going to talk about wide receiver ADPs here a little bit more as you talked about Chase Claypool a little bit there. And also thinking about Je- uh, Jefferson and also Thielen a little bit here. But what about Osborne? Could he possibly be a, uh, I want to say a sleeper wide receiver because Irv Smith is going to be there. And I've always loved Irv Smith. And maybe it's just the heartstrings of Alabama pulling and tugging a little bit there at me. But Osborne played pretty well in a little bit of Thielen's absences. Not great, but he made a little splash a couple of weeks there for, for us in fantasy. Yeah, he's, a, he's he's pretty cheap right now. So um, it's not a bad bad shot to take, especially if you're you know, like we're, we're talking about stacking and we, you're talking about if you take a Kirk Cousins and you could take Osborne as a late, late, uh, cheap shot and, uh, you know, lottery ticket. But I don't I'm not expecting much, especially because I, I like Irv Smith as well. So I do think that Irv Smith could take a step forward this year, especially if the offense does go more pass pass happy. And, uh, you know, you already got a target monster like Justin Jefferson and then. Thielen, for as long as Thielen stays healthy too, like he, he's he's a really good receiver. And at first, Smith is kind of the third option. Kind of leaves Osborne as the fourth option. Generally, I would say I would think 
most weeks while everyone's healthy. But, you know, obviously it's a long season. Injuries happen. You, you can take a guy like that late who's who's flashed when given the opportunity. And if they are pass happy and a guy goes down, you know, he could be a guy that steps up. Yeah, maybe a fifth option if you think about putting Cook in there as the third option, true, probably. True. You know, uh, Devin Duvernay, 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 with the Baltimore Ravens, the wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. He he said he hopes to earn a starting role in training camp. I, I'd want to earn a starting role in the regular season, Devin. Just to let you know, <laughs> let's set our heights, uh, let's set our expectations a little bit higher than that. Not good news for Deshaun Watson. I don't know what you guys are going to do there in Cleveland for a quarterback. You guys have made Baker Mayfield mad. You've traded off your backup in Keenan Keenan, whatever his name is, and uh, now Deshaun Watson is not going to be a factor for you. It doesn't appear this year at all. I, what, what's going on? What are, are you guys just going to run the wildcat and hand it off to Chubb and let Hunt take a couple of snaps every every once in a while? Might as well at this point. <laughs> but no, yeah, it sounds like from what I'm I'm thinking is is that Jacoby Brissett is going to be a starter for as long as as long as needs be, really, which is not an ideal situation. I mean, Brissett's not a terrible backup to have or anything, but. That's the thing is he's he's a guy that you know you could plug him in a game or game or two here and there. You don't he's not a guy you want to start on an extended basis. I mean we've seen him in multiple stops in the NFL so far, and he's not a guy that's gonna you know hurt you per se. But he's also the, not that guy that's gonna you know, carry your team like we like teams need. So yeah, it sounds like it's gonna be Brissett. Cade Otten. Have you ever heard of a Cade Otten before? Cade Otten. Yeah, he's the tight end for. For Tampa, right? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Bucks.com. Scott Smith considers rookie Kate Otten the best option to be the team's number one tight end this season. I say that just because I know a lot of us are very familiar with the name Cameron Brait. We all mm-hmm. know that uh, the the O.J. Howard, he's gone. I think he's up in Buffalo right now. Not a lot of good mm-hmm. reports coming for O.J. Howard. I think Pierre uh, and I talked about O.J. Howard, and I was vehemently saying, do not trust O.J. Howard. He's never been trustable. Never been trustable. I don't know if that's a word or not. But right now, mm-hmm. Kate Otten, it seems to be the replacement for Gronk. I, I can't buy into it, though. I know, I know, I know Tom Brady, not, not personally, but I know him, right? And he's going to be looking at the Mike Evans of the world. He's going to be looking at the Russell Gages, the Leonard Fournettes, the Giovanni Bernard. I'd rather take a shot on Giovanni Bernard before I take a shot on Kate Otten. Yeah, same. I, I'm not buying into the the Kate Otten hype myself either. I, I do think, honestly, I th- I really think that Gronk's going to play again this year. Um, I know he's obviously retiring um, but I do. Th- I would not be shocked at all if he, you know, skips minicamp, maybe skips uh, skips the uh, first few weeks, first half of the season, and comes back. Um, but even still, even that being said, I, I agree. Mike Evans is going to be the the main guy. Uh, Russell, I like Russell Gage, Leonard Fournette. Um, I think. I think even if you're wanting to take a tight end from that team, I would rather take Cameron Brate just from, you know. We know that, like you said, we know Tom Brady likes the familiarity of players. He likes them. He likes to know what players are doing. He likes them to know what they're doing. Um, so I'd rather take the tight end that's been in the system for for years and 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 knows what's going on. Yeah, there's a phone call going to Julian Edelman before he's making a phone call <laughs> yeah. to Cade Otten. There, I, yep. just, I know that that's going to be a, a, end up happening. Dalton Schultz is about to. Uh, they're not close on an extension. I don't know what Dalton Schultz is going to do, but I'm counting on Dalton Schultz to do a lot this year, and so I want to see the Cowboys extend Dalton Schultz to get a lot of positive vibes coming out of that camp. They they need some positivity there in Dallas. Things don't seem to be looking up for them right now. Kenyon Drake, he is still up to old Kenyon Drake things. His ankles hurting. He's not going to be ready for mini camps or anything like that. Uh, Rob, I I. You know, Josh Jacobs is one of those guys each and every year that seems to fall down in his draft position to a place where you're like, ah, I still don't want to take him, but I got to take Josh Jacobs at this point. And he seems to be a a guy that's underappreciated, undervalued every year. And then you look up at the end of the year and he's like, and and I'm like, well, he wasn't that bad. I'm not saying he was that good, but he wasn't that bad. Right. And that's the thing. Josh Jacobs has been an interesting fantasy uh, running back for a while now because after his rookie year, he had a really good rookie year, and then people were really hyping him heading into that next year. But the problem was is that you didn't see a lot of the pass cap- catching work, 
And so I, I remember that heading into that year, people were hyping him up as a late first round, early second round kind of guy looking for the breakout. And then he didn't get the pass catching work. Um, but then heading into uh, the next year, people were ready for the breakout again because he showed showed signs that he was a really good ball player with a with the ball in his hands. And John Gruden at the time had talked up in the offseason about how he was like gunning to get him more more pass catching. And then, but then they went out and they signed like three pass catching running backs and they drafted one other one. And all the signs pointed that he wasn't going to. And then they didn't. And then <laughs> this past year, they the some guys went down and um all of a sudden he got the most pass catching work of his career and he ended up being a really great value so yeah he's 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 an interesting guy and i agree with you he's he's really solid he's he's just a good player and he's not a guy that's ever going to really kill you but he's not a guy that's going to be like a a huge breakout either no, uh, the last last thing here i want to touch on it's a good question i think for somebody like you is a lot of knowledge on redraft leagues and, and different things like that. Let me ask you this. Uh, I'm hearing, you know, Alvin Kamara, he's anticipating a six-game suspension. So we got to be thinking about his handcuff there, and we got to think about what round we're going to draft Alvin Kamara. The news coming out of Cincinnati is that Chris Evans may be uh, going above in the depth chart of Samaji Pirine as being the direct backup to uh, Mixon there in, in Cincinnati. Do you believe in handcuffing? Your running back in redraft leagues. How how deep of a draft does it have to be? Whenever you start thinking about handcuffing, are you one of those guys that doesn't want to handcuff unless the player's got some upside, like a, maybe a Tony Pollard or something like that, who you know who could put up some regular points during the games, even if he's not the exclusive running back because the primary running back has gone down. Or do you like to try and get handcuffs from other teams, hoping that they're going to lose out instead of you losing out? So it's it's definitely different for me in redraft versus best ball. Best ball, I'm almost specifically wanting to get handcuffs, high upside handcuffs from other teams. So like if I take if I take Dalvin Cook, I'm going to be less inclined to take Alexander Madison um, just because I, I when I'm drafting a best ball team, I'm drafting as if my build is going correctly. Um, so I don't want to take. Because if I take if I take uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, in the first round, and I take Alexander Madison later, if Dalvin Cook does well, Madison really isn't doing much for me in in best ball and yeah, and vice versa. Get you nothing right. as long as Dalvin Cook's healthy. Exactly, and I and but if 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 I if he if da, if then uh, Madison is having big weeks, that means my first round pick is doing nothing because he got hurt. So I don't want that scenario on a best ball. Now in in redraft though. I just want to take I, I love especially the smaller the league is the more upside I want in the bench because the wire the wire is more replaceable. So as the wire is the more replaceable players are on the wire, the higher upside I want on my on my bench. So like in your typical 12 team leagues, I like taking the Alexander Madison's. I like taking Tony Pollard's and those guys that, you know, that are basically going to take over the full workload pretty much if the guy goes down and they're not going to be in a committee i mean you know i don't want to take like the james whites where they're they're even when the guy goes down they're not going to be the guy that gets their their role really isn't going to change that much so um i do like taking those those high upside and it doesn't matter to me whether i have the player or not i just want the high upside on my bench okay yeah i understand that i get that so yeah i'm not i'm not for that either that's that's a great point. All right, let's head over to NFC, and we'll be looking at ADPs. Let's start out at quarterback, Rob, and look at the different quarterbacks that they have listed here. Uh, don't forget to follow the show. Let me tell the listeners. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore over there on Twitter. Also, make sure you slap this stars around on the Apple Podcast or whatever plat- listening platform that you're listening to this on, and leave a review if you can. That always helps out the show a lot. Don't forget to follow Rob Norton at Norton0723 over there on Twitter as well. His pinned tweet has all the information about the baby bowl so does the fantasy impact today uh twitter handle as well that has all the baby bowl information i think past information probably you know still there but it ways to get in touch with you and 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 to put that on there in case news comes out about the baby bowl which will be in about a month and don't forget to follow me over there on twitter as well at loafing over on twitter rob if we look at these adps let's just pick out the top five here and i want to ask you and i also will pick one out too possibly we'll see if we we agree on this 
The top five, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. This is set for the last month, uh, June to June, uh, June 1st to June 30th of ADPs here. This is how the draft position has been going, probably in all kinds of different mixed leagues. We couldn't necessarily pin that point, pinpoint that down, so they probably – just putting it all together here, I think, is what NFC does. Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Which one do you think is the one that has the most possibility of busting this season out of those top oh, five? Oh, for me, it's it's easily Joe Burrow. Uh-huh. I mean, not not even close for me because I, w- I wouldn't take Joe Burrow over Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't take Joe Burrow over Kyler Murray. I wouldn't take Joe, Joe Burrow over Jalen Hurts. Um, so, and all, all those guys are going on pretty much at least almost 10 picks after. So they're almost going some of them and, and Hertz is going 17, 18 picks after. So I like Burrow. I think he's good, but the problem is, is that he's getting, to me, he's getting a lot of hype from leading the team to the Super Bowl. Um, all three of those guys after him, Lamar, Kyler, and Hertz, they run so much. I mean, and if you just think about all, if all three of them run for a thousand yards, let's just say, um, that's 2,500 extra passing yards that Burrow needs to throw. So that means if, if, if Lamar throws for 3,000 runs for a thousand, Burrow would have to throw for 5,500 yards just to, <laughs> just to match. And then, then you think about if Lamar runs, runs four or five touchdowns in. That's six points versus four points for the passing touchdown. So, you know, he's got to, Burrow's got to throw, if, if, if it's six, then Burrow's got to throw nine touchdowns to make up for those six. So it's like, like just, just that aspect is, is so crazy to me. I, I don't understand. I don't, I, I mean, I do understand because he took a team, they went to the Super Bowl, but I don't understand from, from a fantasy standpoint why he's going ahead of the three guys that are premier, premier rushing quarterbacks. No, I, I, I got gotcha. you. And I that was the first thing that looked jumped out at me as well is Joe Burrow as far as players who might fall out of that top five or maybe he's being overdrafted a little bit. And it's just simply because there's almost zero rushing upside there. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see a lot of rushing upside for Justin Herbert either, but the volume is there. When you and I went over quarterback mm-hmm. stats a couple of episodes ago, Justin Herbert was right behind Tom Brady as far as pass attempts go. Joe Burrow was down there on the list. We want to say it was because of the knee, and we know that he got ramped up there halfway through the season. But how do we know they're not going to wrap him in bubble wrap again and try to preserve? Uh, end of the season uh, rush like they did last season. It just may be one of those things that they do. So maybe his ceiling is not nearly as high. All right, so I would say Joe Burrow as well. Let's look at 6 through 10 here. Rob, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. If Joe Burrow ends up falling out of that top five, which one of these players has the biggest possibility of jumping into that top five between Kyler, Jalen, Dak, Tom, and Russ? Kind of a tie between Kyler and Jalen. I think Kyler has the most upside um, because I think they're. I think, I mean, both of them have similar kind of paths, but I think Kyler, in the sense that that offense is so fast paced, like the Arizona Kingsbury offense, they run so fast paced. Um, the Eagles offense was a little bit more run heavy, which obviously bleeds the clock a little more, but they, I mean, they added AJ Brown, so they may that they may shift to a little bit more pass heavy this year, but Kyler to me has, he's one of the, I think he's one of the only, only quarterbacks when you look at any quarterback that has the possibility of going 4,000, 1,000 with 10 rushing touchdowns and 30 plus passing touchdowns. I mean, among any quarterback on the, on the entire list. So Kyler has got to be my pick, but I also think Jalen hurts is a, is a great, great fantasy quarterback, despite, you know, people not really liking him so much in real life. Boy, I, I like Jalen Hurts' upside this year a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot. I, I understand where Kyler's is, but I also I can't help but think about Kyler consistently getting hurt towards the second yeah. half of the season, whether it's a shoulder, whether it's a knee, whether it's an ankle. I just always see that, and that comes to mind. So if I had to choose between the two, I'm going to take Jalen Hurts because he has more weapons, I believe, mm-hmm. there in the Philadelphia not only the backfield, but the wide receiving core. You think about Goddard there being, uh, I just, I think Jalen Hurts has tremendous upside this season uh, to, to be able to, and he's proven to us last season, they passed the ball a ton first half of the year. And he proved to us that he could pass the ball 
a little bit. You know, he could pass the ball. Not the greatest passer in the world, but he could pass the ball. And then the second half of the year, we saw him run like crazy. And we're like, boy, he could just do it all. And he ran through a little ankle injury as well that he had that I think limited him in the playoffs a little bit. But this is what I know about Jalen Hurts as I've watched him since he was a, a freshman coming into Alabama. I've seen him progress every single year and add to his game every single year. I remember when he was at Alabama, I was like, man, the kid just can't throw. It's going to limit him so much, but he's a great team leader. He runs really well. Uh, Very deceptive speed is what he has. I just wish he could throw the ball better. Then he goes Mm -hmm. to Oklahoma, and he's throwing the ball all over the field. I'm like, where is that coming (laughs) from? You know, seriously, I mean, he's throwing the ball like I've never seen him throw before, and I couldn't believe it the first time I saw him back there just just – I don't want to say zinging the ball because they weren't zing. See, he was throwing it and, and he had pretty good completion percentage and so forth. Uh, and then whenever he got to the pros, I was like, well, he, he can do just about everything there. He's, so I, I always see him improve and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him take that next step forward this year. Yeah, it hurts. I think you you nailed it on that with Hurts too, because he he has seemed to progress every year, and and it's funny because last year actually Jalen Hurts was my most drafted quarterback across like all my fantasy leagues that I was in, um, and it kind of goes along the line. My my general philosophy is basically I'm always pretty much trying to get running quarterbacks, and generally I get a ton of the running quarterback, whichever running quarterback is starting and go has the latest ADP. And that was Hertz last year. He was going like 10th or 12th or something because there is that always that misconception that, um, you know, people can't separate reality from fantasy and they can't, they can't seem to, they, they just see a guy who runs and they think he's not a great passer. So the, and they don't really like him. They're like, I don't want to take a quarterback that isn't a great pocket passer. And then they, then they look up and, Jalen Hurts last year was like a top five quarterback in fantasy because it's a, it's a, it's a game that we're playing. So, you know, I always, I, I probably will have a lot of Jalen Hurts again this year. Cause I, I do like him a lot. I love the upside and I, I like where he's going ADP. So I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay. Let's go. Let's go 11 through 20 here really fast. Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Trey Lance, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Matt Ryan, and Deshaun Watson is right there. I'm sure that that Deshaun Watson, I don't, I don't know who we would replace him with because I'm looking at the quarterbacks below and I'm going, no, 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 no. All right, so uh, just looking at those guys right there, I, I, if I can move somebody around, it seems very strange to me whenever I look at this group right here. To me, the guy who's going to move up the most, Rob, is I. it's got to be Derek Carr. It's got to be Derek Carr for me, just thinking about what Aaron Rodgers has been able to do with Devontae Adams. And I know Derek Carr already has that connection with him going all the way back to college. I think about what Derek Carr did last season in a very tumultuous season for the Las Vegas Raiders with some players that he was very familiar with, with Derek Waller, Hunter Redfro. We expect those two guys to come back and come back healthy right now for Darren Waller. I mean, you're talking about Darren Waller arguably being the – uh, number one tight end in fantasy, right? I mean, arguably, we, we could say that in a healthy season. He could be. Yeah, it's possible. We had Hunter Redfro last year. Where did he finish? The top, he had to finish top 25 fantasy wide receivers, right? Yeah, he had a, he had a great year. Yeah, it was maybe even top 20, 15. I got to look that up. Uh, and then we got Devontae Adams, of course. We're, we're talking about so many weapons that he has at his disposal. And Derek Carr has never been a terrible quarterback. When I look at this, I could see him going up there. And I I know and I know what I'm about to say, and I'm going to say it anyway. Dethroning like a Tom Brady off of this pendulum right here, this, this pedestal that he is in the top 10 quarterbacks. Tom Brady's going to have the volume there, but I'm not sure Tom Brady's going to have the weapons to be able to stay in the top 10 fantasy quarterbacks. I think Derek Carr can knock him out. Yeah, it's very possible. I think any of like basically after Jalen Hurts, um, Dak, Brady, Wilson, any in that range, it's a lot of, to me, a lot of them are all in the same kind of tier. There's a lot of guys I like. There's a lot of guys that can move up. I, I agree with you, Derek Carr. He's, it's funny to me because Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins are back to back in um, ADPs. And I, I kind of think of them as similar in a way because I think, I think, you know, a lot of people, You'll you'll hear, especially on Twitter, a lot of people knock Derek Carr, a lot of people knock Derek or Kirk Cousins, and um, but then you look at their stats every year, and they're always seem to be underrated. The stats, completion percentage, the touchdown to interception ratios, even the yards, are probably better than what you would have guessed if you were just guessing based off of a narrative. So, um, both I like both of those guys. We already talked about Kirk Cousins, the fact that they could be more pass heavy. Um, 
So that that and if Irv Smith breaks out too, that that's nice for them. Uh, Derek Carr, I like I like a lot. Obviously, adding Devontae Adams is huge. I love again was I mentioned earlier about the running quarterback. So obviously, I'm I'm gonna love Trey Lance as as long as he's starting in the beginning of the year. He's probably gonna end up being my most drafted quarterback because he's basically the the latest uh, running quarterback, the latest ADP running quarterback. Him and Justin Fields. So um, I like all those guys and Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, uh, has the uh, pedigree the uh he's got added some weapons he got out of urban meyer so there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting names along here and obviously stafford had a great year last year too so i mean all these guys and aaron Rodgers is mvp so there's a lot of guys with a lot of with that can you know have some upside jump up in here so there's a lot of interesting names in this range so so would you rather skip over a dak a tom or russ uh, at least at the, from those draft positions, even a Matthew Stafford, and just wait and just wait for a Tua, just wait for a Trevor Lawrence, a Justin Fields, or even a Trey Lance. Would you rather do that or go ahead and take one of those Matthew Staffords and Aaron Rodgers? Um, I probably would rather uh, skip and wait, um, especially in a one QB, 12 team league. Now, if it's a super flex, it might be a little bit different, um, but obviously these ADPs, it might be a little, they're going to be a little bit different in super flex too. So, um, but yeah, I, I I would probably wait because I do think I do think Lance, um, I do think Lance, if everything hits right, has the most upside because he's a guy we just saw him in in you know a short sample, a small sample last year, and he I think he ran it like 17, 15 or eighteen times in one game. So I mean, if if he's gonna run you know twelve plus times a game, um, that's that's huge. So um, like I said, Lance is a guy I'd rather just I'd rather just skip that like eight to 11 or 12, eight to 12 range and and take some of these upside guys here. D- Debo will be like, just let him run. I don't, I don't care. Let him run. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. I'll, I'll let him run. You, you, go ahead, Trey. You just keep on running. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, let me see. I got to ask you this question. I think all mm-hmm. it's on the tip of everybody's uh, fantasy impact today. Listeners minds. Is your wife a runner, Rob? Because you obviously love runners. Does your wife run? Does, does she jog? She did actually. She does actually. Uh, well, okay, that's, that's we knew. We knew. It's it's funny. She she um she didn't she didn't as much, and then she signed. She she said she felt like she was like getting out of shape a little bit, so she she signed up for a five k to like motivate herself to start running more and working out more, and she didn't really follow through with the working out as much. <laughs> Uh, she did run a couple times, but she really only ran a few times. But oh, she did right. run the five. She did run the five k, really? and uh, yeah, it was um, maybe a month ago, a month and a half ago or so. And uh, my son and I went up there to cheer her on at the end. I'm and, sure you and did, stuff, there, so, big boy. Yeah, I'm was, sure it, you did. Oh, I fun. got a runner. I got a runner for a yep. wife. <laughs> I like that. Well, that's good. Now, now, hey, Jalen Hurts, just go ahead and, and rip up all those invitations that Rob sent you uh, to go out to dinner with him. Just rip those up. He's married to a runner, so he's really happy right now. Uh, last ones here. Let's see. Any of these guys uh, for the, the rest of these guys, 21 through 32, I'm not going to even name them all off, Rob. Do you see any of these guys having a huge upside besides Davis Mills? I know you're in love with Davis Mills. Hmm. Like I am. Uh, do you see any of these guys just being able to break through this year? And, and you can't tell me Daniel Jones is one of them. Hmm. It's funny because I will say out of Daniel Jones isn't my favorite, but I'd still have that soft spot a little bit for Jones just because out of the guys down here, He's going to be one that runs one of the most. He's has some of the best like set Wilson is probably the guy for me that in this range that kind of has the most upside because he's also another guy that's athletic that can run a bit. The Jets definitely got him a lot of weapons this offseason with with Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Um, Elijah Moore looked good last year. Michael Carter, when he was given a shot, looked good last year. Um, Corey Davis still there. So yeah, uh, I think Zach Wilson probably has the most upside of of you know the group after you know twenty one through whatever at this point. But yeah, I, I I would I would say if you're looking for a shot at upside, Zach Wilson would be the guy I would go to. All right, we're gonna keep on. I'm gonna keep on. We're we're we we need to switch gears, or we need or like go over to baseball, or we keep talking ADP. I'm having a lot of fun talking about ADP, Rob. I'm having fun talking about ADP right now. So I want to talk about it more ADP if we can. Go over to running backs and look at some more of these guys real quick. Uh, I say real quick. We, we don't do anything real quick, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on running backs here, we got the top five. And I want you to tell me, 
out of Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, who's going to finish as uh, RB1 this year in fantasy. I know we got all the different styles of of, of whatever, just you know, PPR, draft, whatever, uh, is what we're going to do, just regular PPR. Who's going to be the top five? Who's going to be number one? Who's going to be RB1 at the end of the year? For me, it's McCaffrey. I mean, I know everyone loves Taylor. I love Taylor as well. Um, but McCaffrey, to me, is a true different level. Like people don't understand how much of a different level he actually really is when healthy. Um, and I, I had put something out there the other day, like people getting getting confused between injury prone and injury plagued. And I think McCaffrey's been more injury plagued the past two years than injury prone. Um, I was, you know, I put some stuff. I had retweeted some stuff from Dr. Edwin Porras about, you know, that McCaffrey's you know, biggest cops injury wise are coming like when Austin Eckler had the injuries that he came back from and look what Eckler did last year. So, and Eckler is smaller than McCaffrey. So to me, um, when you, when you have a guy that like McCaffrey that has caught over a hundred passes two years in a row as a running back, that that's just something that's so different level of anyone else. And not to mention that he's rushing. I mean, he had over 2,000 total yards. And it's just it's just all those catches for a running back. I mean, this guy is just the next level. So if he stays healthy, um, which is a big if for any running back, but especially, obviously, he's been banged up the last two years. So I understand people being shying away. But um, as long as he's healthy heading into the year, I'm going to treat him as if he's healthy. And he has the same chance of getting hurt as any other running back that's going to take 300 poundings a year and so yeah if McCaffrey makes it through the season completely healthy I just don't see how anyone really really uh passes him unless Taylor rushes for 25 touchdowns and all of a sudden catches 60 70 balls yeah and and you know the thing about him too Christian McCaffrey is he's not limited by the offensive lack of production that his team mm-hmm. has, you know, it just seems to all be funneled his way, and there's not much anybody can do about it or wants to do about it. They they kind of say, okay, well, let Christian McCaffrey beat us if he can. It doesn't seem to happen very often. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, a lot of people love him as being that RB one, but man, those those stats that he had last year are going to be hard to be replicated. Uh, mm-hmm. Just the the amount of attempts, 332 attempts, 1,811 yards. Uh, nobody was even close to him as far as that goes. And it seems like the touchdowns as well, there's some regression that possibly could come his way considering he had 18 touchdowns on the ground last season, Rob. Some of these stats just look like they've got to come down for him. And so I'm not in love with Jonathan Taylor being the RB1. I don't know that I want uh, Derrick Henry with all the miles on his tires as well being the number one. I can see Austin Eckler getting there in a high-powered offense uh, to give Christian McCaffrey a little bit of of competition out of that top five. And I think Najee Harris, uh, it's going to be hard for him to replicate those things that he did last mm-hmm. year as well. Just real hard. So I, yeah. I, I agree with you. I think it's either Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler is RB1 this year. Yeah, it's 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 to me, there's a um, – and I, and I agree with you, and I have – I have a tier basically of like my, my rankings probably go McCaffrey, Taylor, Eckler, but it, all three of them are kind of like same tier for me. But I think those guys are kind of a different level um, because I do, because I, I don't think there's really much, much question with any of three of those guys other than injury. Um, Najee, you have the, the, the question mark of, is he going to catch as much passes with Ben not dumping down? Is the offensive line going to be, I mean, I'm not as worried about offensive line as most people, but um, there's that question mark. There's the question mark is the offense as a whole going to score a lot of points. Um, Henry, obviously you talk about lack of pass catching. Is the offense going to be that good? So there is question marks after you, after you get after those first three, but like you mentioned with the, with Eckler, with all those guys, they're pretty much he kind of, kind of like bulletproof other than injury. Yep, and I feel very comfortable taking any of those guys. Uh, Number one, if you got your heart set on them, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to blame anybody for taking Eckler, number one, Taylor, or McCaffrey, number one. I'm not going to blame anybody. Uh, In the next tier, we got Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Javante Williams, and Aaron Jones, five through ten, Rob. Uh, One of those guys have got to move up to that number one spot or in that top five there to knock Najee out or maybe even a Derrick Henry out of the game possibly a little bit. And I'm going to ask you, who do you think has the most upside to be able to do that? Dalvin Cook has been one of those names in the past who 
definitely can be an RB1, but we've just heard about the Minnesota Vikings probably being a more pass-happy offense. That could play right into Dalvin Cook's hands, though. Yep, I completely agree. He was the guy that sticks out to me among the list. I actually ranked Dalvin above Derrick Henry overall. Um, especially in, in full PPR, um, like we were talking about with, if they go more pass heavy, he could, he could catch 50, 60 balls this year. Um, you know, as long as he stays healthy, he's, you know, he's a workhorse guy. He's, he's explosive. He's, he's everything you want a workhorse running back. So, um, I, I, I like Dalvin a lot. I've always, I've always liked Joe Mixon, uh, especially since last year, really, um, since Joe Burrow basically has, has come aboard and, and, and helped that team out. But I, there is some pass catching concerns with him he was taken off the field in the passing downs a lot more often last year than than years past and what i expected so there is that aspect we talked about earlier chris evans rising up draft board so he could get some some work and then there's obviously uh some questions with jonte williams for workload and and uh same yeah. and then swift and aaron jones in terms of how much they're going to see in between the tackles so i think when it comes down to it it's got to be dalvin yeah, DeAndre Swift in between tackles, really shocking whenever you look at his yards per attempt, I guess. I, I think that's mm-hmm. what it would be referring Just nothing. I mean, it's like nothing for him right there between the tackle. And I, I, I don't I don't like that in a running back. I just don't. <laughs> Aaron Jones is very similar to that. I I do think, though, with Devontae Adams being gone, there could be a lot more receiving upside for him. Yeah. But at the same time, I can see that. Maybe he doesn't get as many running attempts this year in Green Bay as well. I, I think that that could really belong to A.J. Dillon. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the rushing role could be his just to allow Aaron Jones to be freed up to do the the running. Alvin Kamara is number 11. He's going to drop out of there with that news of the six-game suspension. I can't see justifying taking Alvin Kamara at 11 whenever I got Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb sitting there uh, right there in the 11 through 14 spot. Yeah, I agree. Um, and Kamara has been a guy that I've long really liked because of all the pass catching work that he gets. And I, I generally boost those guys more than more than most people. So, yeah, but knowing knowing that he's likely it seems likely that he's going to get suspended. Um, I'm I'm going to be out. Um, I just don't want to take on guys that are going to miss games. So it's not as bad as a guy who's coming in hurt and possibly missing like getting on the pup list or anything, but still, I mean, to be without that guy for at least six games, it's, it's, yeah. it's tough. I, I would have pretty much all the guys in that range over, over top of them. So I like Fournette a lot actually in, in that range. Um, we saw how much pass catching work he got last year with, with Tom Brady and uh, how much Brady t- trusted him in the passing game. So, and especially with Chris Godwin likely seems likely to start the year on the pup list. Um, that could be, you know, and, and Gronk probably not playing at least in the beginning of the year. Um, then Fournette could see a, you know, a lot of pass work again. And, uh, so he's a guy I like a lot. And I think, and I also like Barkley as a bounce back. Cause he, he has to me, Barkley kind of has the most upside of this group. Um, because he's seems like the lone, like workhorse that's going to, in terms of staying on the field, the most snap share of the, of the group, um, the downside is just the the offense that he's in. So, yeah, yeah, I can see that, and I understand what you're saying. To me, the one with the biggest upside out of this group, and I love it. I love where he's going as far as his ADP among running backs goes. Is that James Conner? Uh, no more. Oh yeah. We don't, we don't have Chase Edmonds in the picture anymore in Arizona. He only had 200 attempts last year, and we remember the first part of the season. I, I'd want to say a majority of those 200 attempts came later on in the year. Uh, at least through the halfway point, because it was kind of a committee back there. And he was on the short end of the committee for a lot of times. And I think that his targets are going to go up. He seemed to end up taking over the role completely in Arizona, not only as uh, the running back, but also the pass catching back. I know he had 15 touchdowns last year, but we think about the struggles that they had getting the ball in the end zone. DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be there for the first half of the season. Kyler Murray say what you will, the guy's not a very big guy. And I know he can get away from a lot of people, but a lot of those eyes get on him. And I think that what Arizona's tried to do was to get James Conner, kind of a bruising, strong court, uh, running back back there to be able to take some of that pressure off of Kyle Burry at the end zone. And I, I just don't know how much regression we're going to see from that 15 touchdown. Surely we're going to see some, but I still think he's up in that 12, 12 touchdown range for Arizona. 
Yeah, I agree. Actually, I wasn't even looking at the the guys after, but I I have Connor, I have Connor, Barkley, and Fournette all in like the same range of guys that I really love the the value on, um, and I, I I like all of them in terms of the pass catching upside. I like all of them in terms of the workhorse possibilities, and and with Connor, like you said, he's he's in a perfect spot where Edmonds is gone. He was the goal line back last year. Um, he's utilized in the passing game um he probably is going to see more carries i would think than he saw last year um so that could help even though the rushing touchdowns will likely come back down but that's still going to be a high powered high scoring offense fast paced offense his rushing average should probably come up a little bit because if he sees more carries that aren't closer to the goal line you have more yards as a possibility so you know when he's taking those one yard touchdowns that's hurting the rushing average and so i think that's a little that 3.7 is a little bit deceiving and um but yeah and he and he got 39 targets just last year in, in a part-time role so i could see the targets going up and so i i like i like connor a lot and he's going it looks like in third round a lot of a lot of drafts and i think he's a perfect third round third round pick especially if you you only have one running back so far and you decided to take either a tight end or a wide receiver with another pick mm-hmm. i love getting james connor yeah i, I want to make the case for david montgomery because he has my heart david montgomery has my heart being a bears fan but i just don't see the tremendous amount of upside for him this year at all i think that he's being drafted appropriately right there as a 19th running back off the board i, I just i i can't see the upside for him i do think that that team is going to be playing from behind a lot and i know david montgomery has the potential to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield uh, I just I I don't know I I I don't get that vibe from it all this year. Maybe maybe I'm thinking of the backup running back. Uh, it's not Tariq Cohen anymore. I can't remember what his name is. I just keep hearing more and more of his name coming out of the Bears minicamp, and I uh, can't remember Kyler Kyler What's his Co- name? Oh, Herb- Khalil Herbert. Yeah, yeah. Herbert. Hey, I got it. I, kinda, yeah. <laughs> I was I was talking quarterback, so I was kind of mixing up both of the quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I I keep hearing a little bit more buzz out of Chicago's mini camps about Khalil Herbert. So I, I wonder if some of that passing work isn't going to go to him uh, later on this year. Yeah, um, David Montgomery. I think you you put it best when you said basically he's he's priced appropriately. Essentially, I mean, he's kind of like the guy where, you know, he he doesn't seem like he has a ton of upside because that offense probably isn't going to score a ton of ton of touchdowns. And I mean, but he's still like a border. He's a like basically, you know, in this day and age, most pretty much a workhorse. I mean, he's got 220, 225 carries last year, 247 the year before. Yeah, like 51 targets, 68 targets. So he's involved enough in the pass game. He's involved enough in the ground game. And he's he's kind of this that guy that's that's really solid and he's basically like, you know, you're you're safe RB2 pretty much. Yeah. And and um I do like it like if I was if I was taking you know, more wide receivers and tight ends early He's the kind of guy that I would want to take in the fourth round if I could get him in the fourth round or late third as the guy that is going to be a safe running back for me. Because to me, at, after him is kind of where it falls off. Um, because, I mean, I know Zeke is Zeke is a divisive one. Um, but then after that, I mean, I don't feel comfortable necessarily with anyone basically after David Montgomery. I don't feel too safe with any of them. Um, so he's kind of where... He's like my last guy that I, I want to make sure I get. Yeah, I've been thinking more about some of these guys and any of them being a bell cow back. I, I, I think there's one. I think there's one in this group, if not more, more than one. But I'm going to make a case for one of them right now, and that's Damian Harris. I wasn't okay. real high on him earlier this year, and I've been thinking more and more about it. And the news of James White maybe starting out on the pup list as well uh, has kind of got me there because Ramonde Stevenson – might have to be the guy that spells Damian Harris. But we saw Damian Harris last year get a huge workload. Uh, now it's going to be a Bill belichick kind of an offense a little bit more. I think that they're going to still do things the way they did last year where it seemed like they're a really a run-heavy team. you know. And, and Damian Harris had very comparable statistics to me to a James Connery. They had the same amount of touchdowns. They had the same amount of attempts anyway. That He had more yards per attempt than James Connery did. Uh, I, I want to say the receiving yards, uh, he didn't have nearly as many receiving yards, about half as many receiving yards as a James Connery, but maybe that changes a little bit this year. But I just think that Damian Harris 
is a, a level or two below being drafted a level or two or below, but from where he's going to finish again ne- this this next season. Yeah, he's an interesting one. Um, he, he, I'm I'm torn on him because I do think he's like that type of guy that you know was your typical uh, good good running back. Um, if you're playing in full PPR, he might be a little bit lower than what you want him just because the pass work might not be there as much, but he's going to be the guy that they, that they give more often than not. I mean, last year had 200 carries and 15 touchdowns. So, um, he's kind of like, to to me, he's kind of like the James Connor of their offense, but with, with less pass catching. So at 75, where his where his ADP is and the 27th running back off the board, I don't mind it. He's definitely one of those guys, especially if you're taking if you're going kind of like a zero RB kind of build where you're taking sure. uh, other 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 um, you know positions early. He's a guy that you can get plug in there, you knowing that he's going to get some volume every week and 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 not hurt you. So um, he's he's whereas some of these other guys in that same range are kind of guys that are you're you're speculating on hoping to get more more work down the road or or things like that he's a guy that you can plug and play right away yeah yeah and he finished 14th in mm-hmm. uh, uh last year in fantasy so i think that he could possibly do that again just seems like he's being drafted way too low right there at the 27th running back off the board rob i wanted to believe in devin singletary heading into the year i just can't do it i, I can't see a path for him to be able to get all those touches again this year maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm right i don't know but james cook is breathing down his neck when it comes to adp uh right now singletary's 29th off the board james cook is 36 off the board and man i i'm sorry i saw too much georgia this season this offseason or this past season in college football and i thought james cook man looked really really good yeah uh i know james cook has been you know a lot of rising up boards for a lot of people as well and um i'm always torn because i just don't like i i for for probably the past three two three four years now i just don't like drafting any running back from buffalo i think it's like one of the worst spots for running backs. So like if I ever do it, I usually just take whichever guy's the later ADP. So like last year, the Singletary was the later ADP when Zach Moss was kind of the more hyped. Then the year before, um, I think it was Singletary that was ahead and and someone else was later. And you just take the later guy and Singletary. And it seems like every year the guy that's the earlier guy and Buffalo is the one that disappoints. So I, I if I take any of them, it would be James Cook. And I do think he looked good in college. I just the reason I hate the Buffalo running back position from fantasy is because Josh Allen. Josh Allen dumps down, he checks down at like the lowest rate in the NFL. So, you know, whenever you watch the guy play, he's he's so fun to watch because he likes to, you know, sling it deep. He likes to he likes to get out of the pocket and run. He it's rare that he doesn't it's rare if you watch him that he wants to just check it down to a running back. Um the only the only passes he really throws to running backs are designed type of plays. But other than that, once once he's dropping back, it's it's rare that the balls go into them. So then add in on top of it that when they get around the goal line, Josh Allen is one of the the guys that they use to run it in because he's so big and he's so good at it. So when you're when you're st- when you have a Q- QB that is not throwing the ball to the running back very often and stealing goal line touches those are the two of the highest value touches in fantasy so that position is just i mean it's it's just until he starts checking down more and throwing throwing and as in which he will as he ages um all, all quarterbacks do um but until then it, i kind of just avoid that yeah, he ain't aged that far yet to be checking right. down. I'll tell you that. I, maybe they got that. You know, maybe I. I hope it's not the case. Maybe it is. I, and I. I don't know. I want Josh. I want Josh Allen to be healthy. I don't mind if they wrap him in bubble wrap. But I think the last six games of the season last year, Josh. That's when Devin Singletary really started to burst out there and and kind of made me fall in love with him a little bit more because of all the goal line the work that he had uh compared to josh allen and that was that i was like oh boy look at that devin singletary and i don't know if they were saving josh for a playoff run but david singletary even the playoffs was getting a lot of touches was getting that goal line work so i was really in there but i'll tell you what instead of either one of those running backs you know what i want to do this year and we'll continue on with this conversation next time on here on the Baby Bowl podcast on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, Rob, is I want to draft Jamison Crowder. Okay, Jamison Crowder to me is the running back that I want to have out of Buffalo because I think that 
Stephon Diggs is going to get his, yes. Gabe Davis has the possibility of getting his. But when I look at what Jamison Crowder, the void that is left from, what, what's his name? I, all, all I'm thinking is BB. And I know it ain't BB. <laughs> what's his name? Oh, the, man. It's not BB. It's the guy, Dallas guy, vaccination guy. Oh, Beasley, Beasley. Beasley, BB, Beasley. Yeah, BB played for there's a, there's a There's a BB. There's a Chad yeah. BB. For, yeah, don't tell me. Hey, I know my 80s football. Don't give me the, don't make me get started on the 2020 football. I know my 80s football, maybe 90s. I don't know what, uh, but Jamison Crowder is going to fill in that Beasley role. And, and Beasley had a ton of targets last year. How many targets does Beasley have? Like 120 targets or something? Yeah, he had he had a good amount. I mean, honestly, he's he's been targeted pretty heavily for them. Over or under Beasley's targets last year was 120. What do you think? Over or I'm under? Gonna, I, I I'm going to guess 120. I'm going to guess under, but not guess, by I, much. I'll look it up a little bit. Cole Beasley, 112. Dog, oh, I was close. I had a one and a two. You thought I was <laughs> way off. I know you. I know you didn't trust my. <laughs> But he only played like three games, I think, Rob. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but hey, we'll talk about wide receivers a little bit more ne- next week. We got wrapped up into that ADP stuff. I didn't know we were going to get that far. We, boy, that was fun talking about that, though. Football is right around yeah, the definitely. corner, Rob, and I'm getting stoked. Up. Listen, I even, I'm even I'm improving, aren't I? I'm improving it with my memory, I think. I need to take some more of the mushroom stuff I've been taking. I've been taking some mushroom vitamin things or something like that, it's called, and uh, really enhancing my memory skills, Rob. There you go. There you go. You got do what you got to do, you know? <laughs> I don't know if I got to do that. Hey, uh, appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, always a wealth of information. Always helping me out a whole bunch. And thank you for not blasting my best ball, Chicago third stack, too much for me. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Oh, anytime. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> hey, make sure you follow Rob over there on Twitter, at Norton0723. Don't forget to follow me, at Loafinit as well. And make sure you're following the show at FI Today with a little underscore. But more importantly than all those actions, Fit Fam, more importantly than even liking, commenting, subscribing to this podcast more importantly than sharing this podcast fit fam we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today